Hey guys, it's Layla. Now let me tell you something. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the most easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. Anchor has all the tools to edit and record your podcast on your phone or your computer. When using Anchor, it distributes to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. And Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thank you for tuning in to Charlie Mike the Podcast. This is Charlie Mike, the podcast. Veterans helping veterans, talking about things happening in the veteran community, things we've experienced and overcome, such as addictions, PTSD, depression, legal trouble, and we also promote veteran-owned businesses. If you're talking about it, we're talking about it. This is Charlie Mike, the podcast. What's going on, everyone? This is Raul with Charlie Mike, the podcast, coming to you for another episode. I want to uh, welcome our special guest from Pause for Heroes. Now, Pause for Heroes is a special is a, excuse me is a nonprofit that rescues homeless dogs and professionally trains them to serve as companion dogs for veterans suffering with PTSD at no cost for the veteran. Here is Jan with Pause for Heroes. Sure. Um- my name is Jan Potts. I'm one of the founders of Pause for Heroes and also now Vice President of Community Relations. Um, Pause for Heroes started almost eight years ago when there were three women. All of us were lawyers, and all of that doesn't have anything to do with anything, but <laughs> <laughs> we, we got together and decided we wanted to do something to help veterans, um, but we also happen to be great dog lovers too so after doing some research we decided that the best thing we could do is provide companion dogs for veterans who have ptsd or any other post military issue i mean they could it could be military sexual trauma depression anxiety loneliness something you don't really they don't really call ptsd or the the veteran doesn't call ptsd but um that's how we got going. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a great great organization, and I, I've witnessed it firsthand. As I told you, I have a buddy who 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 uh, is a participant in in Pause for Heroes, and uh, he's it's night and day. It's night and day, um, and and, it, and it's thank and it's all to thank thanks to you guys. Um, I've, I've read a bunch of the stories from different individuals and. And nothing but amazing things to say about Paws for Heroes. So, so y'all were dog lovers, and 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 how did the whole concept come to just military to involve veterans? Well, actually, I mean, we did our our goal was to help veterans, and we had we decided to do it in a way that we knew how, which was okay. to to find dogs because it it was just a natural for us right to include dogs as part of the program. Um, and, you know, as we've, as, as the organization has matured, we've learned so much about why dogs do help veterans. I mean, as you said, we've seen it. Yes, ma'am. We've seen it for, with our own eyes over and over and over again. But there's, there's really a science to it, um, which is, I mean, in the first place, dogs and humans go back you know, more than 10,000, probably 20,000 years when dogs became domesticated or 
now they're thinking sort of domesticated. These were wolves that sort of domesticated themselves Mm -hmm. and wanted to be with humans. And that that companionship or that uh, dual reliance on each other goes back forever. So I think that dogs at this point in their evolution are really geared to uh, being with humans all the time. But I mean, to skip up about 10,000 years to now, (laughs) (laughs) um, there have been a lot of studies done now about the difference of what, what dogs do to bring uh, comfort and sense of purpose to people. I mean, most, all of the, the benefits of dogs apply across the board. They don't, it doesn't, you don't have to be someone with PTSD to benefit from right, dogs, right. but they have found that people who have dogs and spend time with their dogs. And we're not talking about a dog out in the backyard. <laughs> right. We're talking about a dog that's in the house, spending time with you. Um, those people tend to be healthier. Their uh, blood uh, pressure tends to be, to be lower. And the most important thing from the standpoint of Pause for Heroes is that spending time and petting a dog, even if you spend five minutes petting a dog, your brain tells your body to produce oxytocin, uh, serotonin, um, all these the feel-good chemicals that arise naturally in the body, but a dog causes that to happen. So if you have PTSD, for example, your body is producing excessive amounts of cortisol. And cortisol is a, a you know naturally occurring chemical that helps you a lot when you're on the battlefield because it's a fight or flight kind of chemical. Right. It makes you, you know, alert. It makes you suspicious. It makes you, you know, very aware of your surroundings and may very well keep you alive when you're in danger. But the problem is that for a good number of people, that production of cortisol doesn't end once they're back in a safe place like home. Right. Okay. Um, the, the body has actually adapted to being in that fight or flight mode all the time. It's not, you know, PTSD is not something in your head. It's in your body. Right, yeah. Your body is reacting to normal stimuli with an abnormal reaction. So, you know, you're not comfortable going to Walmart or, you know, being in a crowded room or, you know, even sitting at Starbucks where all these, you know, all these people are, around going in line and behind you and in front of you and you don't know where the exits are and and all those sorts of things that 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 go against your training as a soldier so having the dog actually counteracts that those feelings because if your brain is producing cortisol but it's also producing serotonin you're counteracting all the bad chemicals that are making you so uncomfortable with a good chemical that's making you feel a lot better. So, so there's an actual science behind it. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I did. Yeah, it definitely. That's, it's, that's amazing. So, um, yeah. and the, and the thing is, I mean, that's the example I give with PTSD, but some of our clients are people who just feel lonely because right. this happens a lot with people. They, they think they, or they believe they do not have PTSD. They may or may not. I don't know. We don't make them show medical records, but 
we had a guy who was a, he came out of the army young, fairly young and went to A&M University. Well, he was a little bit older, not a lot older than the other students, but he felt so isolated because his life experiences were so different right, yeah. from those around him. And his dog gave him a sense of, you know, belonging. He and his dog belonged to each other. And he took his dog to class with him every day. And the dog walked across the stage when he received his diploma. <laughs> and, neat. you know, it changed his life. So it's a dog can help alleviate so many issues that veterans have, not just PTSD. I, I definitely, I like that. So, so is it y'all just get home? Is it shelter dogs? Am, am I, am I right? Yes. Well, we, we also work with rescue rescue groups, but definitely all the dogs that we use in our program are dogs that don't have homes. Right. Okay. Yeah. And um, this is where the, the real work of our organization comes in because although there are lots and lots of, you know, nice dogs, good dogs, that if you had no problems in your life, you know, you didn't have PTSD or whatever, um, you could just go to the shelter and pick out a dog that you think, oh, he's cute. I'll take him home. You know? Right. And, and it might work fine, but if you, if you're experiencing anxiety and, all those sorts of things. You really need a dog that can address those issues. Mm -hmm. So we will, we, when we go to the shelters and rescues, we run a battery of tests on dogs. Well, first we go through and look at the dogs that we think, look for dogs that we think are going to be friendly and nice. And then we'll take those into a room by themselves. I mean, one at a time and run a battery of tests on them. We use a, an actual professional dog behaviorist, and she checks them for things like being calm, uh, being more attracted to people than to other dogs or animals. Um, they have to be, you know, naturally happy. Right. Wow. And so it's not just any dog. We spend a lot of time picking the dogs for our program, and that's where the value of the program is, is, is in the choosing of the dog. And then of course we send it to boot camp <laughs> where it gets trained to, to be obedient in mostly very, um, what we would call basic training. Mm -hmm. It's not like they do anything really special, but that you do want them to sit when you say sit. Right. Um, and you know, maybe if the veteran wants it to stay off the furniture or that sort of thing. Although, I think most people like to have their dogs yeah. right with them all the time. And I was I was mentioning my buddy earlier, um, and that dog is big and fluffy, and <laughs> it's got dog hair everywhere. He, he's a yeah. <laughs> That's one of the one of the things that we uh, talk to the veteran before we 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 choose a dog specifically for each veteran. So right. it, it doesn't go. We have a dog. We're going to give it to you. It's you come to us tell us what your, what your needs are. And then we go start looking for a dog. So one of the things we, there are several things we ask, but one is what size of dog do you want? Mm -hmm. What energy level do you want? Do you want the dog to go running with you or do you want the dog to, to watch, uh, you know, housewives of Atlanta with you? <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds like who we were talking about too. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
and then there's also, you know, tolerance for, for hair because right. uh, some dogs do shed more than others. Mm-hmm. So what we're, we're besides the basic um, personality traits that we look for when we go to the shelter, uh, we also look for a dog that's the size and style of dog that the veteran wants. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Um, so how do y'all normally screen? Like if somebody wanted, let's say I wanted to, to, uh, participate in the program, what would mm-hmm. y'all ask of me to, or how, how does the whole scenario work? Well, we, we hit our applications are online, which I okay. think is better for, you know, most veterans. Cause sometimes it's really hard to get the will to go to somebody's office, right. you know, go meet somebody in person. So it's a very short uh, initial application, and then we'll come and talk to the veteran, um, you know, not only find out their needs, but find out if they have the ability to care for the dog. We select the dogs. We have them trained. We provide a veteran a uh, what we call a starter kit, but it's all the, all the equipment they need to get started with their dog, like a crate and a bed and bowls and leash and toys, all that sort of thing. But from that point, once we present the dog to the veteran, the veteran becomes responsible for the maintenance of the dog. And that means making sure they get heartworm medication every month, going to the veterinarian for shots when they need them, et cetera. So a veteran does have to have um, enough income to meet those needs for the dog and and honestly, that can be you know somewhere between fifteen hundred and two thousand a year. Right. Um, so there is an income. I mean, we don't ask them their income, but they do have to have enough income to do that, and they have to live in a place that's safe for a dog. That's neat. So we were talking earlier, and and you you do keep in contact with previous people who who y'all have helped through the program. And yeah. That, that's absolutely that's awesome that's actually the really fun part of the program for us is that to see the difference a dog has made in someone's life mm-hmm. it, it's it's astounding and it's so heartwarming i can't even tell you you know our mutual friend that we've been talking about just went from really having a hard time just functioning normally into being a the best dog owner in the whole world yes adores his dog and has seen such a difference in his life and just the way he interacts with people and gets on with, you know, the things that everybody wants to be able to do on a daily basis. It, the program does definitely, it works. And like I said, we, we've, I've seen it, I've seen it. And, and just the way his whole, you know, um, his personality is, he's a lot, he jokes around a lot more. He's a lot, you know, it's a lot easier to make him laugh and things like that. So, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 uh, it's an incredible, incredible thing to witness. Um, it makes me so happy to hear. I mean, I think we see it cause we go back, you know, just that we stay in touch. We go back and visit and see how things are going and we do see it, but, but to hear someone who's a friend who's outside of our program, Say yeah, I've seen it too. Yes, ma'am. It makes us know. It really, it really does make a difference. It's not like the, the veterans just saying, "Oh yeah, I love the dog," you know, and we get we go on, you know, like okay, it must have worked. But you know, to have someone else witness it, night and day, man, is night incredible. and day. He's a uh, <laughs> he's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all pay to to have them trained and and all of that. At what cost is this to the veteran? Oh, the veteran doesn't pay anything for that. That's all. That's all free. It's it's simply the 
after the veteran has received the dog that the veteran becomes responsible for upkeep of the dog, mm-hmm. healthy food and vet visits. And is and once a dog is is adopted, is it primarily uh, kept as an inside dog, or is it? Oh yes. Okay. I mean that's that's one of our criteria that the person wants to have the dog indoors with them mm-hmm. because a companion it's not a companion if it's outside right, right, in right. the yard. Yes, ma'am. Um, I mean, it doesn't say the dog can't go out to the yard and run around a bit, but right. Um, the dog, the intention is for the dog to be with the veteran at all, you know, almost all the time when the veteran is at home. Yes, ma'am. So that he be, so that the veteran gets the benefits of the dog's companionship. Right. And, and, and it's just a wide variety of dogs. It's not just one particular breed. I mean, have you got them from oh, yeah. little to huge? Uh, actually, I'd say the majority of the dogs that we place with veterans are Heinz 57s. You know, we'll know that there are, we might know what they're a mix of, but uh, it's not that there, there are no breeds that make necessarily better companion dogs than others. There are some that might not be real good for some veterans. Like if you had a, let's say it's an Australian cattle dog. This is a dog that wants to run and herd things. Okay. That may not make a very good companion dog because it's going to get frustrated if it doesn't get to run around and herd things. Right. But um, once you, you know, have a mix, it's a mix of breeds usually. And that's one of the things we're looking for is are they calm? Do they, are they able to uh, sit and, you know, not need to be chasing a ball 24 hours a day? Right. So what there's a, so if I'm in, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong so there's a difference between a companion and a service dog yes in a yes in a way I mean yeah this is a it, it gets real fuzzy in here service dogs are trained to do a task okay um, for example let's if for whatever reason you don't have the use of your hands, a service dog would be trained to open a door or open a refrigerator or something like that. Okay. Some service dogs are trained to uh, know when someone's about to have an epileptic seizure right. and to warn them. Um, that would be a true, that would be a service dog. Our dogs are meant, they are not trained to do a task other than be the companion. So, although, and here's where the line gets really fuzzy, uh, alleviating anxiety is considered a task. Yes. So, although our dogs are companions, not considered service dogs, in effect, some of them do provide service dog services. Okay. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, that, that's always. I was re- I was trying to read it myself, and I was like, I don't understand this. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. But I'll tell you what. But I'll tell you one big difference is that if somebody gets a gets a service dog, usually they've waited for that dog for two years. Right. And in our case, um, although we are, t- it is a time intensive service. Uh, they usually will get the dog within six months. Oh wow! Yeah, that's a big difference. Yeah, definitely a big difference. So, so if a service member one has a dog already, would y'all help them with that process? Training that dog? Yes, ma'am. No, we don't do that. Okay, just uh, we would direct them to somebody who does does dog training. And and so y'all do most of y'all's in the local Houston area, 
correct? We we operate only in the Houston only area. Only Houston. Uh, it encompasses five counties, so it's huge. Right. Yeah. Definitely. But, <laughs> yeah. But um, only in Houston. And I see y'all every event I go to. I see y'all y'all have a representative there, which is amazing. And uh, like, <laughs> we, like do, a, we do try to get out <laughs> where, where veterans are going to be. So. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's mostly where I'm at too. So yeah. Um, and like I said, um, I know y'all are a big supporter of Val 22, which is a great organization here in Lake Jackson. Great people right there. Oh, they are, yeah. Anybody who wants to know more about us, I would really uh, encourage them to look at our website, which is, you know, www.pauseforheroes.com. P-A-W-S-F-O-R-H-E-R-O-E-S.com. And nobody can write, nobody can type heroes the first time without making a mistake. <laughs> I do it every single time. So that's why I'm spelling it out for you. But on the website, uh, you will see uh, stories about a lot of the veterans or some of the veterans that we've matched dogs with. And they'll talk about, you know, the differences made in their lives. It also will tell you about our process. And it, uh, there's also an application on there. We also have a Facebook page. Yes, ma'am. Go on Facebook, Pause for Heroes. And uh, how, how would they donate if they would like to donate to your organization? Uh, we uh, On our uh, website, there's a donation okay. button at the top on our menu. So, yeah, pretty yes. easy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, Jan, it was great talking to you. I'm sorry again about the scheduling conflict. Um, but it was, it was an, it's an honor to have you here. And, and please, thank you for what, for what you're doing for our veterans. And it, it's, it's, it's seen and I, like I told you, I, I saw it firsthand, and it's an amazing thing that, that to witness. Um, yeah, that's it's, it's incredible. So I'd like to well, thank you for all the work that you guys do out there. Thank you for what you do as well. I mean, there are many, many organizations that, you know, do, the, do help veterans, but there can never be enough. Yes, ma'am. There can never be enough of them. That's yes, all I can say. I agree. So, I'm just happy to be part of it. Thank you, Jan, for being on the podcast this evening. We appreciate it. Again, thank you for tuning in. You guys be safe. And as always, Charlie Mike.